Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. Hogan Johns. We will be perfect. Obsession. In every aspect of the game. Being obsessed. Radio's very own Adam O. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. Yeah. And the Chicago Sun Times, Adam Johns. PC load letter. Samir, not gonna, not gonna work here anymore anyway. <laughs> Bring you Chicago's best Bears coverage. So they do the first part, 21 yard field goal. It's a good one. It's a Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Yeah, I think uh, if you're listening to this on uh, Sunday or Monday morning, you do probably have a case of the Mondays after what happened in the Meadowlands today. A tough loss for the Bears. Uh, one that we kind of saw coming. I don't think we're all shot, you know, that shocked about it. Uh, as we go out to the Newark airport here on the Hogan Johns podcast for the first time and bring in Adam Johns, who's on his way home. Johns, what's up, Adam? <laughs> Can you hear me? I got you. We'll get this the, uh... is a bus, the bustling airport, my friend. There's a lot of Bears fans that are at our gate here as well. Yeah, Coming but... home, uh, I'm sure pretty disappointed and pretty perturbed by what they saw from the Bears defense and Chase Daniel today, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I've made that a quick trip home from the, uh, you know, take the Uber. Well, we talked about it. We talked about it on the podcast the other day where I had to take the, you know, the, the scary cap that one time. Um, so <laughs> it's a... the, 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 the gypsy cap, <laughs> yeah. you called it. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. So you're on your way back. Um, let, let's start with this because I know we're sort, sort of limited on time here. Do you think that Trubisky could have played today? Um, no, not that he was completely physically incapable of playing. Again, I've been of the opinion if this was a playoff game or a game to get into the playoffs or something of that significance, the guy is going to play. He was out there hours before the game throwing the ball around. Now, it wasn't a lot of work, but it was work. It was him throwing the ball uh, again after he started doing that on, on Friday. So I get the the concerns or the issues that Bears fans may have with him not playing. He is throwing the football. He's a quarterback. That's what he's paid to do. But you know what? If he's not feeling 100%, if the team's not 100% comfortable with him playing right now, then you have to respect that. And I think you should respect that um, because the long-term future, even even the short-term future with four more games coming up, that matters more than, I guess, one more game against the Giants, a team that the Bears should have handled without him anyway. 
Well, and yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the argument for him not playing was even there at halftime, uh, even though it was an ugly first half. I mean, you're expecting your defense to stop the Giants, and you're expecting Chase Daniels to play better than he played, right? That's just the reality of the situation, and he didn't do that. But I don't know, Johns. I got to say, if he comes, in, if he's listed as a full participant in Wednesday's practice, I, I, I think that that's uh, a pretty clear indication that, like Allen Robinson and like Khalil Mack, that game before they came back, they probably could have played. Right? We're all sort of in agreement of that. And you asked me last week on Tuesday's podcast, hypothetically, if he practiced on Friday and was capable of throwing the football on Sunday, would I play him? And I said yes. And I 100% believe the Bears would have won this game relatively easily had their starting quarterback played. Oh, absolutely. Same thing with, with uh, the Lions game. I, look, I know they won it with, with Chase Daniel, but if Mitch Trubisky plays today against the Giants, they win. If Mitch Trubisky plays against the, the, the Lions a couple days or a couple weeks ago, uh, they, they blow him out, in, in my opinion. I think Trubisky makes that much of a difference. I think he is that good in Nagy's offense. But look, you, you have to take the bigger long-term view of this. This is more than the, just this year. I, I get everybody's excited about their eight and three start now eight and four. I get that you could have had a, maybe a three game lead on the Vikings with them losing to the Patriots today. I, I understand all that, and it was a gamble. It was one hundred percent a gamble in a sense, especially if he could have played through it. But I, I guess we'll never know. It, it could yeah. be a bad look if he returns to full participation on Wednesday. But I don't think the Bears are going to regret their decision by any means. You do not want to risk further damage to a quarterback if you have some doubts about where his shoulder is at. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're just going to have to uh, trust what the Bears are doing here because we I mean, we don't even really know if the doctors had cleared him to play or not. Um, so, whatever. It, it is what it is. Let's talk about, because, we're, again, we're limited on time here. Let's talk a little bit about um, what Matt Nagy had to say after the game and some of his decisions within the game. Uh, the, the timeout at the, at the end of the second quarter turned out to be a killer. Uh, it's hard to see much logic in him letting the clock run down from 46 seconds to 17 and then calling the timeout. He said after the game that he was uh, he was they were trying to block the punt and that's what they were looking for there. That's why they wanted to leave some leave some time. What 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 I found interesting was the feeling in the game at that exact moment, Johnsy. They get back-to-back sacks. Leonard Floyd, Akeem Hicks, the Bears were dominating. They, they weathered the storm early in what was kind of an ugly start to the game. And now they were starting to assert themselves uh, on both sides of the football a little bit. And Kevin Burkhardt, who was doing the play-by-play on Fox, said literally at the same time that Nagy's calling the timeout. He said, it feels like a 40-point game, doesn't it? Even though the score was only 14-7. to That's how in control the Bears were in that moment. Instead... The Giants get a big run with Saquon Barkley. They set up a field goal. They get the momentum going into the half. And I thought the Giants played much better from that point on. Yeah, look, I understand the momentum argument. And let's be honest, it was good to hear Nagy accept responsibility for his decision there. It wasn't a good one by any means. There's no reason to defend it. But I'll say this. He's always preached having faith in his defense, trusting his defense. There is by no means any reason for them to come out flat in the second half. And they continue to be flat throughout the second half, into the overtime, giving up a lot of yards to Eli Manning. There's no reason why they couldn't pick up where they left off. I get that momentum is a real thing. You could feel it. You could sense it. And Matt Nagy played his cards wrong in that situation. 
But you know what? Your defense was all over them in the first half. There is no reason for that defense, which is supposed to be one of the best in the league, to be that porous in the second half. I don't care how good Saquon Barkley is. I don't care how Odell Beckham is, how good he is as a passer. There's no reasons for the breakdowns, for the mistakes that they made. You have to trust your defense in that situation. If you believe they're a top-tier defense, you should trust them to, to regroup and regain that momentum for you in the second half. That's how I felt about it. Yeah, I mean, look, a theme in all four of the, the Bears' losses is that the defense, those are probably the Bears' defense's four worst games, right? I mean, I, yeah. think, I think you can make yeah. that argument that they just were in those four games that the Bears have lost, they just weren't as sharp, especially in the second half. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Bad tackling, missed tackles continues to be a theme for them. Look, they'll get their turnovers. They'll get their sacks. Um, they didn't have their, their points today, even though Akeem Hicks did have his one-yard touchdown run. You need to be better than than you were against the Giants. You you need to regain that momentum in the second half. You need to continue to pummel Eli Manning. You need to continue to stop Odell Beckham Jr. Look, I, I know some of their, their yardage came on the, the Odell Beckham pass, and that was completely blown coverage. I don't know about who, who but he was completely wide open running across the middle of the field. I, I get that the fourth down call, Odell Beckham Jr. Was, was open again. I get that it looks bad, but look – they're supposed to be a top tier defense. I mean, you hear what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. you should you should be able to regain your footing and reassert your, your dominance at some point against the Giants, and they just didn't do it. Yeah, I, and it, you just sort of forget how this game started with Eli Manning looking horrible and their offense looking incompetent, and and to think that. The Giants ended up scoring as many points as they did in this football game. It was very, very surprising when it was all said and done. Uh, but I do think we have to give credit to one guy, and that's Saquon Barkley. That dude is just totally legit, and he put the team on his back in the second half. Uh, and and the Giants should be feeling really, really good about having that guy on their team. Oh, they got a big scare, though, didn't they? Who was it, Roquan Smith, who kind of tackled him on the sideline there? He was down for a bit. But, boy, such a, an exceptional talent, explosive, strong Look, he is proof that running backs are worth the investment sometimes in the, in the first round. He, he really is. He is such a weapon in, to, in today's modern NFL, such a threat coming out of the backfield. And I don't know why they don't try to get him more, the, the ball more as a receiver, or at least in this one. I know he's got a lot of yards, a lot of receptions this year, but he, they didn't seem to want to establish that early on. And maybe the, the Bears did have something to do with that. But what a threat they have, uh, the Giants. And speaking of not giving somebody the ball, I <laughs> – John Z, I do have a, I do have to call Matt Nagy out on not giving Jordan Howard the ball in the second half. This guy had 13 carries for 68 yards at halftime, 5.2 yards per carry. It was by far his best half of football. The Bears had the lead. I realized the Giants scored a couple quick touchdowns in the third quarter, but there was still plenty of time, and you have your backup quarterback in the game. Jordan Howard, the rest of the way, got three carries for eight yards. Three carries. I thought for sure in the second quarter that he was gonna. This was gonna be the first game that he went over 100 yards because of the circumstances, the weather, the backup quarterback being in the game. Just ride the ball out with pound the rock, get out of there with a win, and they just got away from the running game completely. Yeah, I feel like that, that Nagy just doesn't have much confidence in, in, in that running game. I mean, other than a few long runs, what what Cohen had, one Howard had a couple. 
they were stopped a lot. And I don't think a couple long runs, yes, you know, that's part of it. It's like the Barry Sanders effect, right? Game one, game two, then you, then you have the big one. But Jordan Howard, for whatever reason, just hasn't been consistent or the offensive line, whether it's Prine Witzman, you know, missing blocks or whatnot, hasn't been consistent. It, it's problematic. Um, a lot of that is Nagy and, and his lack of commitment to, to the running game. And I understand the arguments against him in terms of his play calling and the run game struggles. But, look, to me, it just speaks to the lack of faith that they, that they have in the ground game going. And that's, that's more than Howard. That, that's the consistency up front. That's the feel from Nagy. That, that is such a multifaceted issue right now for the Bears. Well, it is. And that's why, for the most part, I've been you know even giving Nagy some credit and finding other ways to extend the run game out with short passes, screens, whatever. Because you can't just keep committing to something that's not working. But today I thought was different. I thought they were getting enough out of the running game. It wasn't explosive. It wasn't outstanding. But it was enough to beat this Giants team. Yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of their runs, at least their big runs, their three big runs came on like the same play. Like a stretch play to the right with the cutback to the left. Cohen had one. I think Howard had a couple. It seemed to be there, especially behind James Daniels and Charles Leno Jr. But... Like I said this on the pregame show, I feel like the, the run game, just in general, for any team, is such a commitment. And that starts with the head coach. And if we're nitpicking and what Matt Nagy is doing this year, yes, you could debate certain calls, like his timeout um, before the half. But the run game problems, I mean, th- th- these are, are, are for real. They're persistent, and they continue every week. And you would think with four games left that they would have, have answers at this point in the season. Yeah, I, I think the... You know, it kind of goes back to that thing I wrote a few weeks ago about reasons why they can't. This is a Super Bowl contender and why they're not. And you know, the lack of a running game came to mind. The defensive, uh, you know, the tackling issue on defense and special teams. And I, I maybe there's been a little bit of improvement, but I don't know that there's been enough. So with the Rams coming to town next week, I think we're going to learn a lot about how they stack up. Uh, but again, it's going to be at home, Sunday night environment. Like, it won't shock me at all if the Bears win. But do you have any big picture concerns about this team coming out of this loss against the Giants, or do you just chalk it up as, hey, it's the NFL, your backup quarterback was in, these games happen? Yeah, yeah, your backup was in. It was a wild, kind of wacky game, the way things played out. A lot of trick plays, Adam. I mean, let's be honest. You don't see that every single week. You know, the wide receiver pass, the, the running back pass. You know, you don't have a lot of these things happening every single week, let, let alone in one game, at least successfully happening in one game like this. So it was kind of a wild game. It was a wet game. You know, there was a lot of momentum swings. To, to, to me, Adam, the only storyline going forward, and yes, you can nitpick on the run game. You can nitpick on the, the lack of consistent tackling by the defense. But Mitch Trubisky, what does he do when he returns to this offense? Does he pick up where he left off? Is the, the positive trend still there or with the Rams, with the Packers? And I know they just fired Mike McCarthy. The 49ers and the Vikings who are still hungry, even though they just lost at New England. I mean, his development is everything. They're going to need him to play pretty well, pretty darn well over these last four weeks to secure their playoff berth and then go into the playoffs with some momentum. Well, the good news is the Vikings lost today, so the Bears maintain their game-and-a-half lead over Minnesota, uh, but it still kind of feels like a missed opportunity because you could have got a commanding two-and-a-half game lead. Uh, but nonetheless, they go forward. They're still up a game-and-a-half, and as you just mentioned, I did want to get your thought real quick uh, before we get out of here on Mike McCarthy joining John Fox on the unemployment line. And uh, Carlos Santos. 
<laughs> is he going to join him on the ESPN line soon? Uh, I, I just think, Adam, you and I have talked about this at length since the season opened. It, it's felt inevitable. I mean, you've called it better than anyone. You, you've had a good feel for who, who the Packers are, right? You know, it's Aaron Rodgers, and there's a lot of holes mm-hmm. for him to cover up, and it eventually it was going to catch up to them. The, the, the Packers barely extended Mike McCarthy, right? They gave him that one-year extension. He, he was a lame duck. He really was. He had to be really good this year. You needed consistency. You needed a playoff berth. The Packers aren't getting that. I mean, they just lost the Cardinals. That, that is a bad football team they just lost to. Things aren't trending the way they want in Green Bay. So this this has felt inevitable. I mean, you and I have been on this for a while, Adam. This has felt inevitable for, for a long time. Yeah, and it also, I mean, that game in a couple of weeks at Soldier Field against the Packers is an absolute must-win. I mean, if you can't beat the Packers now... Maybe they're never going to beat the Packers, uh, but we'll get to that in a in, you know as it comes. Right now, do you think Trubisky's back this week? Big game against the Rams, and the Bears will hopefully get back on track here. I know you got to get on your airplane and get home, so we'll let you do that. But um, any final thoughts? <laughs> I need you to come out hard and stay hard for the rest of this podcast, Adam. You're flying solo now. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully, you're not flying solo, or you have a problem getting home. No, no, no. We're, we're going to board this plane hopefully soon. Grab something to eat, maybe a bottle of water, maybe a cold beer, and get on this flight soon. All right. Well, have a safe trip back, and uh, see you at Hal's tomorrow. Yep. All right, my friend. We'll see you. All right. Adam Johns there at uh, Newark Airport in Newark, New Jersey. Not a great place in the, of the, all the places in the world, but not a bad airport. I will say that. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. I got Matt Nagy for you. We're not going to end this to just because Johnsy had to go. Get you a couple more things here before we get out of here. Uh, as the Bears lose to the Giants 30-27. to Got Matt Nagy uh, post-game. And a little bit of Chase Daniel here, too, for you. I do have some thoughts, though, on uh, I, I, the, quickly on the, the Packers situation and Mike McCarthy. Uh, you know, it... it the reality of the situation was, and, and Johnsy kind of brought it up there momentarily, if they didn't make the playoffs this year, they were going to fire him. So, you know, me going out on a limb in July saying Mike McCarthy was going to get fired was more so just based on the fact that I didn't think the Packers were a playoff team. And when you give a guy a one-year extension and you reorganize the front office, I mean, we've you, I've been covering the NFL long enough to realize that uh, you, you can see these things coming. So, you know, they lose a couple weeks ago. They've been struggling for a while. It was inevitable that Mike McCarthy was going to get fired. Little surprise it happened today, midseason, but obviously you lose to the Cardinals at home and they had enough. So Joe Philbin will be the interim head coach up there in Green Bay, and they will search for their new head coach. It'll be really interesting who they go after. Um, I would imagine that they try to go after an offensive guy to pair up with Aaron Rodgers to get as much out of him as they can uh, in the final years of his career here. Maybe Josh McDaniels in New England is somebody they go after. Um, you know, I, I think there's a couple guys at the college level. Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma is interesting. I have no idea if he's going to leave or not, but that is an interesting name. And then this uh, Cliff Kingsbury situation, he gets fired from Texas Tech. Uh, is Wayne reportedly weighing an offer from USC right now to uh, be their offensive coordinator, but a lot of people believe that he's going to have opportunities at the NFL level to either be an offensive coordinator or 
a head coach. I haven't heard anything specifically or linking those guys to Green Bay by any means, but I do think that these are the type of names because you just look at what Ryan Pace has done, you know, going after Matt Nagy, for example. Uh, there's been plenty of examples of this in the last few years. That's what everyone's trying to do, and they obviously already have the quarterback in place in Green Bay. Uh, so it's a it's it's a matter of finding a new head coach to pair up with Aaron Rodgers and try to get that thing back on track. But they also got to work on the roster a little bit because there are flaws, and Aaron Rodgers has been covering up those flaws for quite some time. And I did also mention the Patriots beating the Vikings twenty four to ten. Vikings are now six five and one on the year, so they've only won half of their games. I still think it, you know, the Bears have proven to be the best team in this division. It's just a matter of if they can hold on, and it's obviously going to be a big one next week uh, against the Rams at Soldier Field. The Rams were in Detroit today, losing 30 to, uh, excuse me, they beat the Lions 30 to 16, a commanding win, and they are now 11 and 1. So a big game at Soldier Field next week, a lot on the line uh, for the Bears to. Continue on the run here to potentially win the NFC North, but also to see how they stack up uh, in the NFC. Uh, probably after losing today, are going to have to go on the road in the playoffs at some point, uh, certainly. But um, you know, it's still a big one next week, and I would be shocked at this point if Mitch Trubisky does not play. By the way, the Bears are already opening up as a four-point home underdog in that game. A four-point home underdog. Just the third time this season the Bears have been underdogs, including uh, the opener against the Packers. And uh, the Patriots, they were also an underdog at home. All right, uh, let's do this. Let's hear from Matt Nagy after the game, get his explanation um, for really just a whole lot of things that went wrong today. Not a well-played game. I didn't think it was a well-coached game for the most part, although I did think Nagy had an incredible kind of final three minutes of the game with all the decisions he made in the play calling, the decision to kick the field goal when they were down there at the goal line. You always take the points when you're down 10 and you need an onside kick anyway. Uh, so he really operated all those things very well. But big picture-wise, there were some issues in this game. He had some explanations after the Bears' loss. Let's hear from him. This is part of that callus, that callus that goes on. And um, there's way too much parity in this league. I've been saying it. And, and, and uh, it's, it's, again, a, a credit to, to that Giants team. They've been in games every, every, uh, every game of the season. They're, they're, uh, they're a good football team. And, um, but we, we, uh, we need to play better, and we need to coach better. And that's uh, going to be the number one objective for next week. Is, what's the process of determining to, go, or to run the trick play at the end? So uh, in those situations, you try to plan ahead, you know, kind of play the game. Uh, and we've, we've had that in now for a little while. Uh, and then you just, you, uh, that it wasn't a hard cho- choice for us in that situation. We, we kind of knew that we were, that was the direction we were going to go with. And, um, and they made a, they, they did a good job of, of, uh, of covering chase up and then Tariq and Anthony, they were, you know, that's a play there. That's all about the players. They made a great play. Chase the first read on that. What, yeah. Chase the yeah. first. How impressive is it that you have a running back and go through a progression like that? Yeah, no, well, it's, well, you practice that play. We've practiced that play a lot. And uh, so that's been there. And uh, the, the guys, again, you hope that it's wide open and it's not. And then we have guys that make plays, and that's what you appreciate as a coach. Uh, overall, what did you make of, of Chase's performance? You mentioned the interceptions yeah. and, um, and a bunch of sacks he took as well. Yeah, there were some sacks in there, unfortunately. Um, 
again, Chase puts us in a position. He, he can run this offense inside out. Um, and, and I think if you talk to Chase uh, there at the end, again, there's a guy that uh, we, were, we weren't really in rhythm. We weren't getting first downs, um, starting a game with a pick six, not, what you, not how you want to start it. Um, but to, the, to his credit and to the rest of the guys' credit, they figure out a way to, to give us a chance at the end of the game, as, as, uh, as hard as it felt throughout the game. So uh, he, he did everything that we asked him to do. Uh, I, I appreciate how Chase has been this whole time, and it's, uh, it's um, who we are as a team, and I'll never, never put a, a win or a loss on one guy. We saw Mitch the game. Obviously, he's had some building up here. Yeah. What's the status there as you guys will, will move forward? He's obviously getting a lot closer. Yeah, he, he's, he's, um, he's feeling better. Uh, I think for him it's going to be a day-to-day thing where we just continue to um, stay, stay, see where he's at with communication. So like today, he, he went and he did some more throwing. Where are you at? And, and, then, and then same thing for the rest of the days this week. And that's, that's our plan this whole time is for the communication and see. And, and I said last week his arrow is going up. Uh, uh, every day he feels like, and you can see when he's throwing. So uh, we'll, we'll, you know, continue to keep our fingers crossed. Are you tempted to go for two at the end? No, you know, I wasn't. Um, I, I, you could look back after all this stuff happened and say, man, I wish we would have went for two. But I, we all felt pretty convicted. We, we actually talked about it before. We we try to prep ahead and okay hey before this drive we go down and score one or two we all talk about it and and I ultimately made the decision to go for one I felt like we were in a good spot with our team you could kind of feel where we were going and um, and then they they won the toss and had that first big play there for a long gain on a toss down the sideline and uh, we've said it all along twenty six is a really good player they got good players on that team and and then our our, our defense did a good job holding them to a, a field goal and we had a big fourth down on offense that we converted and. And then they made a play at the end of the game with cover zero. What, in, what went into the decision to call timeout when you did? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, um, you, you look back and um, so there's an opportunity there, the the play before um, where it's it's third and long, and you get an opportunity to maybe go after them with the punt block team. And they got a lot of yards on that that next down and distance. And then the following play, there were six seconds left. And, you, you, you know, they ended up catching the ball and getting out of bounds for another eight yards. That's a crucial eight yards. And uh, so uh, I, take, I take responsibility for that. So many teams will allow a pick six on that first possession to dictate the mood of the rest of the game. How yeah. do you get your guys to snap out of it? Yeah. Well, they uh, the, the defense did an unbelievable job that, that first half. I mean, the offense had to pick six. Uh, and then... Other than the, the very last uh, play right before the field goal where they, they stole those eight yards, I don't know what the numbers were. I have no, no idea. But I felt like they were doing a great job. I mean, really re- doing a great job on defense. Offensively, we weren't, we weren't doing great. Uh, we weren't in a great rhythm. And um, uh, all that said, we were winning 14 to, to 10. Uh, and then they came back out and got the ball and then had that big play on the throw by Odell. And uh, that was a big one. So, uh, but that's, you know, again, our defense was playing great. They made a big play, a credit to those players that they have on the other team. And we got to rally back. The picks, uh, a team scored yeah. the handoff there. Yeah. What went into it? You're thinking about giving him that opportunity. Again, we've had that play in for, for weeks and we've been practicing it and the rain was coming down. It was, there was times, I don't know if you guys could tell, but there were some times down there on the field where the ball was slick and, uh, 
Uh, so in that situation, we that was the time that we felt like, hey, let's number one, let's get the snap under center. Let's give him a chance, and, and he's hard to stop down there. Uh, you know, with uh, with getting that ball full steam ahead. Was that going to the fridge? Huh? Well, that was the freezer left. Yeah, it was. That's what we called it. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking there, it's a minute ten to go. You're down by ten. I mean, what's the thought process there? At the end of the game. Well, the thought process is um, number one, we have to come away with or a field goal. That's it was tempting there to at, down at the, the I forget what yard line it was, but inside the five to go for uh, the touchdown. Uh, but we took the points, and then how about you know? I think the percentage I don't know exactly, but it's under thirty percent to get an onside kick, and we got it. And so when that happened, now it's it's like okay, here we go, let's go. And you could feel everybody the juice picked back up. And so t- what a, what a great job by by Tabor, our, our special teams coach, and, and the players on special teams, and Cody of making a great kick. So. As hard as it is right now for for our players and for our coaches to lose the game, um, I'm always a, a glass half full type guy. So I'm going to look at that. I'm going to pull that from it. That's the very first thing I said to our guys in the, in the locker room: is be proud that we fought to the very end. As much as it went on with the with the interceptions and the fumbles, and I think it's the first time this year we lost a turnover battle. Um, and at the end, we still had a shot to win. All that said, so. Um, I, I absolutely love this team. Uh, I love where we're at. Uh, this is life, man. How, do you, how are you going to rebound back from it? And, and, and uh, you're going to sock or you're going to pick it back up, go practice, go play, and, and, and learn. And that's what we're going to do. What do you, you think of uh, Jordan Howard? Jordan, I thought, I, yeah, I, I thought, I thought Jordan uh, ran the ball hard. I really did. Uh, in, in these these conditions, uh, there were some times. There was a few times where they stuffed the box pretty good, and uh, um, they were bringing some nickel pressures off the edge. But for the the chances that he got when he had the football, I thought he did a great job. Now, as a play caller, when you you know you have a play, you get defensive lineman the ball for a yard, you yeah. call a trick play at the end. It, what is the power of plays like that to give your guys a jolt, especially on a day that maybe they came out and yeah. felt a little flat, a little weird? Um, the, I don't know if it's it, what if it, the word power is right right word, but what I would say is um, I think what you see sometimes with us in this offense is we'll, we'll at times it's kind of high risk, high reward with some of those formations, motion shifts, personnels, and so sometimes it can backfire on you. If it doesn't work, it looks like a dumb play. If it does work, then people are excited about it. Uh, so the advantage to that is if it's a little unique, it's it's an advantage because to the offense because the defense hasn't prepared for it. And anytime you can run a play that a defense hasn't prepared for, you usually have a little bit of advantage. All right, so there's Matt Nagy after the game. You heard him uh, take responsibility for what John Z and I discussed earlier, the second quarter timeout, which, look, I'm I'm not saying that that lost the Bears the game by any means. You still got a whole half of football to play. But, I, you know, a lot of times football games have a very clear turning point. And there's no question that was the turning point in this game. Bears were in total control against a team that couldn't move the football, whose only points had come off of the pick six right at the beginning of the game. And, I mean, it didn't look like the Giants were able to move the ball at all. And you get a little bit of momentum there. All of a sudden, you're the team feeling better, and they played much better down the stretch. And Saquon Barkley took over. Now, he was going to be a problem either way, but just that boost they got, I don't think there's any question that that was the turning point in the game. And there just really wasn't a whole lot of logic in how that whole situation played out, letting the clock run down from 46 seconds to 17 and then taking the timeout. Uh, it was just a you know sort of an unfortunate moment. But I do think you know Matt Nagy's going through these situations, and he's had a lot of other moments 
where he's looked like a veteran head coach. And I would say including the final three, four minutes of the game. He was outstanding with his decisions, with the clock, with the decisions to kick the ball. I thought kicking the extra point at the end of regulation uh, and not going for two was the right call. Because when you have a defense as good as the Bears, you're not expecting them to give up a huge run to Saquon Barkley on the first play. Uh, They still held them to a field goal, gave the offense a chance. And again, I think if Mitch Trubisky plays in this game, it's a whole different story. We're not even talking about overtime. We're probably talking about a comfortable Bears victory and them improving to 9-3. and uh, Chase Daniel was the quarterback out there, though. He had some good moments late in the game, helped rally the Bears back, which they deserve a lot of credit for fighting back. And I think that is an indication that this team's going to be just fine going down the stretch here. Uh, they still have a lot of talent. They still have a good defense. Mitch Trubisky's coming back. They're going to be all right. Um, but... Let's be honest, Chase didn't have a great game today. And uh, I, let's hear, we're not going to play the whole thing, but we'll hear a little bit of Chase, and I, I think you'll hear him uh, you know, agree with that assessment. Chase, on the pick six to open the game. Take us through how that play developed and what happened. Yeah, um, you know, Reek's my, my first read in the flat, and uh, saw him open, didn't really see uh, you know, Ogletree sort of mush rush as, as we call it and just drop and and uh threw it right to him you know a lot of people probably like what, what the heck's he doing i thought he was blitzing i thought he was rushing he just he sort of dropped out and you know listen he made a good play on the second one um did you feel like you had Tariq uh open and could yeah. you have got the ball up and down you think yeah listen i i uh, i threw that ball pretty quickly and uh to me it, it was screaming wide open i saw um 21 go to the flat and alec got sort of lost in between um you know the center and the guard and who we had on a, a through route and um yeah that's that's when i went back because that that was that was screaming open for sure how the conditions impact you guys today? Yeah, um, listen, it was it was wet, um, but that's no excuse. Um, as an offense, especially as a quarterback, your number one job is to take care of the football. And I didn't do that today. You know, I let my team down. Um, I'll be the first one to say that. And uh, you know, it's just it's it's sad because I pride myself on you know taking care of the football and and uh, you know playing with a with an edge and and just you know for the first at least three quarters we we really didn't do that today. How tough is it after that, you know, all that coming back and then not getting the win after all that comeback that you made? Yeah, I just think it talks about our team's uh, mental fortitude, just how we're able to, um, you know, put a disastrous really three quarters um, to bed and just really play the fourth quarter and into overtime and, and at least just be in the game, you know, is, is pretty, pretty cool to be able to score, a, a, you know, field goal and touchdown and kick an onside kick and all that stuff and and listen we felt I felt really good going in overtime I felt good about our defense I felt good about our play calling um you know put ourselves in some bad positions there with some some missed exchange with with Cody um and just yeah they made they made more plays at the end of the day with that said, how valuable can it be to learn characteristics about yourself as a team? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 good. You know, the it's it's hard to win in this league uh, every single day, especially on the road. So, um, listen, we we respected the heck out of the Giants. I knew it was going to be a tough game. It wasn't in, in my mind at all going to be like a blowout or anything like that. They got a really good team, and, and they're right on the brink. Um, you know, but I'm I'm proud of our team. I, I really am. How we fought back, it says a lot, and it'll help us down the road. How were you going through the game of um, not throwing the ball to a, when you're under pressure, possibly risk a turnover and just taking a sack? Yeah, like listen, that that's sometimes in a game like this with a defense like that, you know, sometimes you just got to eat it. And uh, you know, the, on, on the two interceptions, I, I felt good about the throws. I mean, I really did. 
did it. It's not like I was forcing something in, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, we, you know, I was I was impressed with how we were able to drive down the field the last two drives of the fourth quarter, you know, get. 10 points score with no time left and and uh, you know get into overtime you know on the road you know, that's all you can ask just, just in general how would you characterize maybe the, the craziness of this game the back and forth swing the, the trick plays everything that went into it? yeah there were a lot of a lot of trick plays it's going to take me a while to, to to get over this you know 24 hours we say a while 24 hours and we're, we're on to, to la but um yeah i'm going to spend tonight and some of tomorrow just really going through really dissecting not only my play but our team's play and what we did well on offense what we didn't do on offense so forth and so on uh, Matt said you are the first read on the the tie play there. Um, how has that gone in practice for you in terms of the you know, frequency that they actually go to you and yeah. what then what the Giants did to take you away? Yeah, um, you know, the, you know, it was it was uh, when we got down to the one when we got that I think the PI call on on a Rob. Um, I felt in my head that he was going to go to it, and he did. Um, and they obviously called the timeout. They wanted to talk about it. They sort of saw a jet sweep formation that we had, um, you know, scored on earlier in the year, and what they did was they ran 21 around the edge when the jet sweep went, and it was a fake jet sweep, and he sort of, you know, got me, and re- just made a heck of a throw. We we practice it every week in practice. He made a heck of a throw. He's really never ever thrown to Anthony um, on that play. He's always thrown to me because you know you walk through it. I'm wide open. Um, and literally the first time it's been up for ten weeks. The first time <clears throat> that he threw to Anthony was Friday in practice. It's amazing how that happens. So it was cool. What's it tell you about your head coach that that's the play he calls in that situation? Yeah, we, we go through those situations every Saturday night. And that's the last thing we go to. Fourth and one, game on the line. I mean, what, there's two, three seconds left? Game on the line, and you know, all three quarterbacks put that play on their call sheet because we had faith and, and just you know it was it was it was actually pretty cool when you know we got the when we got the PI as like it usually takes a little bit for a play call to come in he, he called it right away like literally didn't even miss a beat so like you could tell he was already thinking that he was already one step away that says a lot about him all right I want to end there because I loved the detail that Chase Daniel gave with the play that apparently is called Oompa Loompa that's what Dan Weeder from the Tribune tweeted after the game that the the t- game tying touchdown that sent this game to overtime, the uh, you know the the end around to Trey Burton, the flip to Tariq Cohen, and then the throw to Anthony Miller. It's called Oompa Loompa, and you heard Daniel there go through it. They've been practicing that play for a really long time. It's designed to go back to the quarterback as the first read, and it always has in practice until Friday was the first time that it went to Anthony Miller instead, and. Chase Daniel was still the first read on that play. Tariq Cohen, how about it? Going through his progressions there, finding the open guy to Anthony Miller, who otherwise had a pretty quiet game today. Uh, But coming through with a big play, and I was just sitting there thinking, you know, in this moment, you have to think Matt Nagy has something up his sleeve. Uh, And I think that's one of the, you know, as much as I uh, am going to question some other moments of this football game today and probably will as we continue uh, throughout the next couple days of analyzing this game. But he, I love how he has some key plays at the goal line. I mean, his goal line package is incredible. It's it's interesting. It's uh, unique. It's fun. 
Um, you know, between Willy Wonka and Oompa Loompa, obviously they got the Willy Wonka thing, a theme going on here. Uh, but he always has plays that they practice a ton, and they may look like trick plays. But a lot of times, trick plays are pulled out as you know, sort of desperation. Maybe that was a desperate move at, at this point in this particular game. But you know, he's running them at other moments in the game, second quarter. Uh, things like that. Uh, two quarterbacks on the field. He's innovative, and it's for the most part working. I think that's why you saw him go for two, you know, a couple times against the Vikings. They have plays that they really believe in in those key moments, uh, and that was one of them today. So give him a lot of credit for coming up with that. Uh, and there were some good moments in this football game, as ugly as it was. But there's no question in the end, it, it's it feels like a missed opportunity. Uh, to to not go up two and a half games uh, on the Vikings in a football game that you expect to win. But I guess as we get back to the decision not to play Mitch Trubisky, that's why they can get away with it, right? Because they have a little bit of a cushion. It's not like uh, this is a catastrophic loss in the season. In fact, there were some other indications within the game that point to them being just fine going down here on the you know down the road. Uh, they got a big opportunity against the Rams. I think we all believe the Bears have a chance to win next week. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll be a fun week preparing for it as well. Uh, I'm going to get out of here for now. Thanks to Adam Johns for taking a little bit of time. That was really all the time he had because he had to get on his flight. And sometimes as we try to get you these post game podcasts. With the traveling and everything that goes into covering these games, it gets a little tight. So I'm glad we were able to get that to you and also get you some of Matt Nagy and Chase Daniel. Bears lose a tough one. Again, not the end of the world, just sort of a missed opportunity, right? I think that's the um, sort of feeling and the prevailing thought here uh, as the Bears lose in this game. It'll all be forgiven if they come back and beat the Rams and Hand Los Angeles just their second loss of the season next Sunday night at Soldier Field in the national stage. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Thanks to our engineer, Ernie Scatton, coming through with another good open. You know, he also sent me a surprise that I'll tease for Tuesday. I think we could run it Tuesday. Maybe we'll save it for Thursday. I uh, didn't get it in this episode, but he did send me a surprise. You guys are going to love to hear. And our voicemail line, 312-222-5050. I'm sure there's a lot of good ones today. So that is our voicemail line. Uh, you can also read us at wgnradio.com slash bearschicagosuntimes.com as well. Find the podcast, rate it, review it, subscribe. Thank you. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. You know, we're working on, we're, these guys are working very hard um, to, to conclude this final lap of the preseason uh, tomorrow night against the Saints. And we will proudly stand as a 90 15 in the history of the Green Bay Packers when we kick Chicago. Uh, no.